Welcome to Cleveland Clinic Cardiac Consult, brought to you by the Seidel and Arnold Miller Family Heart and Vascular Institute at Cleveland Clinic. In each podcast, we aim to provide relevant and helpful information for healthcare professionals involved in cardiac, vascular, and thoracic specialties. Enjoy. I'm Dr. Stephen Nissen, and uh, I'm on a call today with uh, three individuals. Uh, uh, first of all, Dr. Michael Tushman, who's a professor in the Harvard Business School, uh, Samir Kapadia, who's a physician who heads the interventional section at the Cleveland Clinic, and Grant Reed, who's one of our faculty in the interventional section in the Department of Cardiovascular Medicine at the Cleveland Clinic. We have a very interesting topic to discuss today, a manuscript published by the uh, three co-authors who are on this call entitled Effective Operational Management in the Cardiac Catheterization Laboratory. Uh, gentlemen, this is a, an unusual topic to appear in a medical journal. It's really about operational efficiency. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about why you did this and, and what was your intent? Go ahead, Grant, and maybe you can discuss this. As Dr. Nissen mentioned, um, this is an important topic, one that's not often talked about in a, in a cardiology journal, but our, our mission with this manuscript was uh, to lay a framework for how catheterization laboratories can improve their efficiency as well as maximize the quality of care in the catheterization laboratory. As we all know, the economic realities uh, facing uh, healthcare in the United States today really belie the importance of providing cost-effective care. And in the catheterization laboratory, this is something which is on everybody's minds. Uh, however, there is um, really a paucity of literature to describe uh, what are some effective management strategies to pursue cost-effective care but also maximize quality. So our goal here was to um, outline a, a model in which cath lab managers, nurses, physicians involved with um, the care of everyday patients in the cath lab wish they can follow this in a systematic way and adopt this to their own catheterization laboratories uh, to move towards efficient operational uh, management of the catheterization laboratory. In the process, we also described several cost-saving uh, measures that, that we specifically enacted at our catheterization laboratory with specific financial figures uh, in hopes that this may provide examples uh, to the uh, rest of uh, the audience on things that maybe they can target uh, and uh, generalize to their catheterization laboratory as well. So one of the really important and key features of this manuscript is the introduction of the concept of a congruence model which is something which Dr. Skapadia and Dr. Tushman uh, have worked very closely on. And Dr. Tushman is a world expert on this, and uh, as a result of uh, some of his groundbreaking work, we were able to apply many of those concepts to operational, uh, operational efficiency in our catheterization, uh, catheterization laboratory. And as a result of that, I think we're able to really realize some pretty incredible gains. Professor Tushman, so could you maybe help us understand this uh, congruence model? What is it? I assume this is kind of uh, more of a standard approach in the business world, but what's it all about? Right. Well, first of all, it's a thrill to be working uh, with Samir and Grant uh, on, on this paper. I, I'm at the Harvard Business School. Uh, most of my time is in the private sector. I'm thrilled to be working uh, in, in the world of medicine, in this particular case, the catheterization laboratory. The congruence model that Grant just teed up is a way for leaders in any setting to be able to um, understand what the heck is going on in their organization. 
we have this notion that leaders either have performance gaps, that is, they're delivering below ex- their own expectations or, or their community's expectations. And our logic is much like in the medical world, for a particular performance gap, what are the root causes of that gap? Having done that diagnosis, you take some action. And the congruous model is simply a language. It's a way for leaders to talk about their organizations. And it's a way to talk about their organizations that has at its core, what the heck is the work in our lab? What's the structure and metrics and processes in our cath lab? We call that the hardware of the organization. Uh, And the software of the organization are the capabilities in the lab or the organization and its culture. And it's the interaction between this hardware and software that drives performance. And this hardware and software are the out of the, if you will, the architectural tools that leaders, in this case of the cat lab, use to shape change uh, in their organization. Now, I have been focusing on performance gaps in these first comments. The other use of the congruence model is for really exceptional leaders to take action when there is no performance gap. These are leaders who shift their strategy because they see the environment, in this case of healthcare, changing, and they take action in their organization to prevent a problem in the future. So the congruence model both helps leaders in whatever setting fix their organization in the short term, and it helps them get to the future in a world that's filled with innovation and regulatory change. So that's, that is what the congruence model is all about, and it's so well articulated by Grant and Samir in this paper. Now, this issue of culture change, Samir, could you maybe talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, I mean, we usually think of performance. We don't think about the culture side. So maybe you could address that. Of course. So first of all, I want to say that in our cat lab, if you go to the day-to-day business, everybody says that, you know, you want to have less turn time, meaning between the two cases, we have less amount of minutes spent in the cath lab. We want to change how we have the electronic records, how we prep the patients, how we do consent forms, how we do the history. All of these systems and all of these workflows have to be organized. So this is absolutely necessary. And this is the hardware part, as Dr. As Professor Tushman mentioned. But more importantly, when the people are working in the cath lab, they have to feel the ownership. They have to feel that they are working in the best cath lab. They are serving people. They are wanting to do the procedures and the patient care in the most optimal way. And this has to come from culture. This has to come from the idea that everybody has certain values, certain attitudes, certain behaviors that they follow. And even if we are not asked them to do anything, they will do the right thing on their own. And this is where we've worked extremely hard in our cath lab to propagate this kind of a very high culture and norms for the lab. How, so, do, you cha- how do you change the culture? So this is very important, right? So first of all, it comes with the idea that all the physicians and the leaders work with all the people serving in the cath lab at a very similar level, understand every day that everybody is working at a very high standard. And if people are not following the culture, if people are not able to understand the culture, we have to either educate them or, if necessary, try to reprimand them and try to take corrective actions. So we had to do all of them. Did that mean that there were some people that had to be replaced because they couldn't adopt the new culture? Exactly. So we did have to change, I would say, about 5 to 7% of our workforce to say that, you know, we have to reorganize 
in some ways to align everybody because if you have internal conflicts and if people are not aligned to the same goals and same standards it is impossible to change the culture so yeah. we we could organize that and that was one of the major undertaking in the first phase for the performance gap because we did have a little bit of a performance gap in terms of efficiency but as the professor tushman mentioned that we wanted to not only just change the performance gap but to take us to the next level because everywhere in the cath lab as you know the volumes are decreasing the number of procedures are decreasing in entire country whereas in our cath lab we have 10% increase in the procedures as of last year so yeah. how do we make that happen was the question yeah well what were some of the techniques that you used to change both the operational performance and and the culture maybe uh, any of you could talk about how what was yeah. your strategy for doing this yeah can I just uh, step in and then I'll please give it back to a great yeah. Samir. Yeah. My experience working with physicians, and I, I actually just had a meeting this morning with an orthopedics professor at a major hospital in Boston. My experience with physicians is that they're very hardware oriented. I mean, what is unique about what Samir just said is this is a physician in an important organization who is talking about systems and processes and efficiencies and about the software capabilities and culture. My experience, certainly to the listeners out there, is physicians in general are focused on hardware, but you cannot do significant change effectively with just the hardware orientation. Uh, and I think what Grant and Samir can talk about is how they took action both on the hardware and on the software pretty rapidly in service of the performance gaps, and they were able to do these pretty significant exploratory innovations in the cath lab that will help them get to the future. I will leave it to them to talk about how they did it, but this is a great example of leaders who both use all the tools at their disposal to lead change in this cath lab. So I'd like to address two things, if we could, in the time we have left, which is how did you address these issues, and then what, what, what performance improvements did you, could you actually measure, and what did you actually see? The changes we made most importantly, we're focused on first the hardware part, that how we track everything electronically. So as soon as the, we developed a software to track the patients, such that when the patients come to the cath lab, there is a board on which the colors change automatically without a manual interface whenever the patient checks in, whenever the IVs are placed, consent is done, history is done, when we start the procedure, when we finish the procedure, so the next patient can be ready and alike. Then the second part that was very crucial for us was to change the, change the opportunities. So right now, the coronary interventions are becoming a commodity in many ways. So to do complex coronary interventions, we hired and we focused on newer technologies, newer people, newer talent, because it is very important to understand that without the talent, we cannot just grow. So again, people and culture were very crucial. Just getting new technologies was not enough. Same with structural. We got young people, Grant is one of them. We got the young people to join us to do the structural intervention. Same way in the peripheral world, we collaborated with our peripheral interventionalists, surgeons, and same with cardiac surgery we worked hand-in-hand hand with cardiac surgery to grow our structural program. It was an extremely organized approach as trying to find 
these performance and opportunity gaps and trying to address them. And then at every step, we of course had best way to measure all of these uh, changes that we made and how it impacted on different goals that previously set. Maybe Grant, you can say that how we measured different things in the cath lab. Absolutely. Thanks. And that's that's very well summarized. One of the other really special things about the paper as put together is that it not only gives you a framework in which your individual cath lab or, or even other areas within cardiovascular medicine or healthcare delivery can incorporate congruence modeling into effective operational management, but we also lay out specific metrics in which other cath labs can use as benchmarks to standardize efficiency moving forward. And this is something which really hasn't been done yet because efficiency is is somewhat of a vague concept. And I I think we go to great lengths to explain what we mean by that in this paper and why it's very important and how this is different from quality of care, but how do we measure efficiency moving forward? And some of the things which Dr. Kapadia has already mentioned are the exact things that, that we use to measure whether or not we are becoming more efficient along the way. And that is not only our case volume, you know, separated by different types of cases, but also our rooms as they were utilized, the number of days they were at full capacity, if labs are starting on time, how much time there was in between cases. And then we also looked at productivity per full-time employee. And we wanted to see how many cases were being done per not only physician, but also for each tech and nurse in the half lab. And and we wanted to make sure that each one of these was improving. And, and if not, we understood why. And part of that was to lay out a specific cath lab workflow map for each process, for each different worker. We wanted to understand what exact duties do they have and at each different time. And as a result of that, we were able to make some pretty significant strides in, in all these measures of cath lab efficiency. And we propose that these metrics are used as a standardized goal for patients and really for, for healthcare organizations that hit moving forward. So this is a way of, of maybe uh, jump-starting this field and making sure that other organizations are talking about this because a lot of this is information that isn't shared amongst healthcare organizations and we really encourage, we encourage uh, healthcare institutions to make this information public because in, in many ways we're all in it together. We want to make sure that efficiency improves so that our financial bottom line uh, improves so we can continue to provide optimal care. And uh, that's really the focus of this manuscript. So hopefully these metrics will be an opportunity uh, for other organizations to continue to improve and compare amongst each other. In the final minute or two, maybe one of you could uh, outline what was the financial impact of all this? Because at the end of the day, of course, we have to to meet a budget and we have to be financially uh, responsible. How, how How did you do? Right, and we did very well, as uh, you know, Dr. Nissen is our head. And I want to say uh, one thing, that the whole process, how how we came about knowing about all this, is that I personally went uh, to Harvard Business School and the program that uh, Dr. Tushman runs, uh, which is the PLD program, a program of leadership development, was extremely helpful in trying to understand this mechanism, understand the thinking of uh, business world that how we can organize our business. What it amounted to us was that we improved our EBITDA, our our bottom line considerably, and also our volume. Volume, 10% increase in the volume, as I mentioned before, is almost unheard of uh, in the current era. So uh, we were successful in the business side, and if you look at the satisfaction of the people working in the cath lab, uh, our satisfaction increased tremendously. Everybody wants to now work in the cath lab, and we go home at the decent time. So even our wives and kids are happy because we are so efficient that even though we are working more cases in, 
we are able to go home at a decent time. So all around, we had a great uh, success. Well, on that note, I think we'll end this discussion. Uh, first of all, let me thank the three of you for, for joining me and thank all of you for listening. It's uh, been a very useful discussion. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. We welcome your comments and feedback. Please contact us at heart at ccf.org. Like what you heard? Please subscribe and share the link on iTunes.